Welcome to Nighttime. I'm Dave Wager, your host, and for the next half hour, we hope to calmly talk about things that are important to talk about. I'm coming to you from the studios here at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. I always encourage you to go look at those websites and see if we can be of further assistance to you and your church in some way. Tonight, I want to focus in again on one of my favorite pondering books. I love to read the book, The Christian in Complete Armor by William Grinnell. The Christian in Complete Armor by William Grinnell. Just one of those books that causes you to think. And that's what this program is all about, is for us to think for a little bit about what's going on in reality. Not necessarily what we feel, not necessarily where everyone else thinks we're going, but what is really going on. And I think sometimes if you can go back and get a book old enough, there's somebody who sat around and thought these things through and was able to put them in words so that we could ponder. Certainly this book is not the Bible. And I wouldn't want to portray it as that. But William Grinnell is one who's a good thinker and uses the Bible. So hopefully this next half hour will be good for you. This section I want to refer to starts at location 3105 on my Kindle app. I'm not sure that's helpful for you. Anyway, he's talking about the nature of war between God and Satan and us. And he quotes Ephesians 6, 12. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints and also for me, that words may be given to me by opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel. He talks about here of the nature of war. And the nature of war that he uses, the Apostle Paul does, is wrestling. For we wrestle in the 12th verse. Wrestling is kind of interesting. I want to read what Grinnell says. He says, The Christian's state in this life is set out by a word, wrestling. The wrestling or conflicting state of a Christian in this life is rendered observable here by threefold circumstance. First, the sharpness of combat. Second, the universality of the combat. And third, the permanency of the combat. And then he goes and he talks about the sharpness of the combat. It's the kind of combat which the Christian state 
is here set out by. It's a phrase translated, we wrestle, which though it be used sometimes for wrestling of a sport and recreation, yet here it is set out the sharpness of the Christian encounter. There are two things in wrestling that render it sharper combat than others. These are the kind of thoughts that Grinnell puts forth in our heads. He says, why didn't they use a different term? Why not boxing? Why not sword fighting? When we're compared to the warfare with Satan, when we're talking about daily warfare, daily combat, it's a wrestling match. It's not a boxing match. It's not something where we have catapults or we're trying to climb walls. It's a wrestling match. And he says there are two things in wrestling that render it sharper than others in combat. First, it's a single combat. Wrestling is not properly fighting against a multitude. But when one enemy singles out another and enters the list with him, each exerting their whole force and strength against one another, as David and Goliath, when the whole army stood as it were in a ring to behold the bloody issue of that duel. Wrestling matches, they're one-on-one. They're calculated. You study your opponent. You know their weaknesses. You know their strengths. You have counter moves, and you have moves, and you've studied counter moves. And you're always ready to use the counter move against your enemy to win. Is that what Satan does with us? Is this a unique battle that takes place one-on-one? seems to be that that term is used intentionally. In using the illustration of David and Goliath, he says, now this is more fierce than to fight in an army. Where though a battle be sharp and long, the soldier is not always engaged, but falls off when he is discharged and takes a breath. And while yea, possibly may escape without hurt or stroke, because There the enemy's aim is not at this or that man, but the whole heap. In wrestling, however, one cannot escape so. He, being the particular object of the enemy's fury, must needs be shaken and tried to purpose. Indeed, the word wrestling signifies such strife as makes the body shake again. Satan hath not only a general malice against the army of saints, but in spite against thee, John, thee, Joan, he will signal out thee for the enemy. Satan isn't trying to just destroy Christians in Daniel. He's trying to destroy you. He's not trying to destroy the masses. He's trying to destroy you and me individually. He knows where our strengths are, and he's going to try and stay away from those, and he finds our weaknesses, and he tries to exploit those, and he's really good at it. In fact, the only protection that I have is from my Heavenly Father. If I stay in the shadow of the Almighty, I'll be okay. If I listen to what God is telling me, there's no way that Satan can get me. But tonight I want us to focus on the individuality of the fight, not the corporateness of the fight. Because once again, when we start putting it in terms of masses of people, we lose the personal quality of it. Satan hates me because God loves me. Satan hates you because God loves you. 
This is a personal matter, a battle that's happening one-on-one, a wrestling match with moves and counter moves. Now, if you don't understand that, you don't prepare properly for the battle. You prepare in a way where you try and hope that others can fight your fight for you. But others can't fight a wrestling match for you. You have to fight this match on your own. You may not want to. But remember, all you have to do is listen to the coach. Listen to God. And he will tell you what you need to do. In wrestling matches, you can notice a coach on the sidelines, perhaps yelling instructions to the one that's being coached. Listen to the coach. He knows what's going on. And in our case, with God Almighty, he knows exactly the move that Satan is making, and he knows exactly what you need to do to counter it. One of the dumbest things I can ever do in life is be at distant from God. That doesn't make any sense at all. Indeed, the word wrestling signifies a strife. Indeed, it does. God loves me, and he'll take care of me, and I can trust him, but I need to listen to him in this wrestling match or suffer great loss. A lot of times i found in sports that it's a whole lot easier to hear the coach and not really do what they say, but if I do what they say, great things can happen. The coach's job is to put me in a position where I can be successful, where I can play a certain role so that the whole team can win. If I just listen to him, I'll understand my job and fulfill my role. It may not be the prettiest thing that ever happens because I may be doing something to help somebody else be successful, but in the end, we as a team will be successful. When I played football in college, I realized that I was one out of 11 people on the field. I did what I was supposed to do in order to make the people around me successful. Oftentimes, as I listened to the coach, I would give myself up. I would not be the one who would get the glory. I wouldn't be the one that all the fans saw doing what's right. But when I listened to the coach, there was battles that took place one-on-one that affected the one-on-eleven, the ball carrier. You see, if I did what I was supposed to do, and every single person on the team did what they were supposed to do, then we would be victorious. But all of those battles were battles that we had to fight one-on-one. But we were doing it together as a team. Likewise, when I was in a swimming pool and a swimmer, this swimming meet was a battle me against the other people in the swimming pool. In the end, there was a team score, and we as a team would win or lose. But I had individual battles that I had to fight. Wrestlers fight individually, and they fight for an entire team. And all we have to do is understand the personalness of this nature. Because Satan will study us and know us and attack us. And God knows every counter move. He knows everything that we need to do so that we don't get pinned. The second thing William Grinnell says is this, the universality of the combat. We wrestle, comprehends all. On purpose you may perceive that the apostle changed the pronoun ye 
in the former verse to we in this, and that he may include himself as well as them, as if he had said, the quarrel is with every saint. Satan neither fears to assault the minister nor despises to wrestle with the meanest saint in the congregation. Great and small, minister and people, all must wrestle. Not one part of Christ's army in the field and the other at ease in their quarters where no enemy comes. Here are the enemies enough to engage all at once. You see, the battle is for everybody. If you think you're going to get out of the battle, you're not going to. There's going to be a wrestling match through life. It's going to get personal, and the enemy is going to look at everything you do and try and counter it. The only hope that I have, the only hope that you have, is that we do things the way God wants us to. Then the enemy cannot get a grip on us. If you watch wrestling, a lot of it has to do with getting a grip. They need to be able to get you on your back and pin you in order to win. So they need to have a grip with their hands, with their legs, with their feet. Everything they're doing is to try and control your body. And you're making sure that no matter what they do, they can't control your body. Is that how we live? Do I look around me and see the things that can so easily control me? And do I have defenses in place so that they can't? Perhaps we watch too much television or too much social media or you fill in the blank. Does Satan know that that's where he can grip you and you can lose because you refuse to deal with the access that he has? He does have access. He knows where to get you. And he's going to use it because his goal is victory. It's not your best interest. God, on the other hand, has your best interest in mind, and he's interested in your best interest. William Grinnell goes on to say, Third, the permanency or duration of this combat. And that lies in the tense we wrestle. Not our wrestling was at first conversion, but now is over, and we passed the pikes. Not we shall wrestle when sickness comes and death comes, but our wrestling is the enemy is ever in sight of us, yea, in the fight with us. There's an evil of every day's temptation, which, like Paul's bonds, abide us wherever we become. So that these particulars summed up will amount to this point. You and I need to understand that this is a continual problem. This wrestling match goes on for life. The enemy knows that we could tire quite easily. Especially if we don't concentrate on what we need to do in our training time. We can tire. We can be people who give in. We can just let them have us and just destroy the whole wrestling match idea. Or we can stay in the shape that we need to and be ready and alert. You know, as you look into the Bible, you realize that we're taught to stay sober and be alert and always watching. It's part of what we do. In fact, in 2 Timothy 4, 5, we're told, or the Apostle Paul tells Timothy, as for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. The Apostle Paul seems to be telling young Timothy, you're going to be in this wrestling match. 
you're going to be a leader. You're going to be somebody who is going to be telling people of the good news of the gospel. Be sober-minded. Be one who understands the battle that you are in all the time. As for you, always be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Now, if you're in a wrestling match, you understand that that's part of the deal. This person that you're wrestling against, in this case Satan, is going to bend you and twist you to where you're in pain. And if you give in just to get rid of the pain, you're going to lose the match. So always understand that you're in this wrestling match. Always be willing to endure the pain and the suffering that comes with it. Do the work of an evangelist. Continue to tell people the good news and fulfill the ministry that God has given you to do. You aren't on this earth by accident. You will win the match if you listen to the coach and you do the things that you should do in life. Let me read 2 Timothy 4, 5 in the Weist translation. Again, that's an expanded translation that gives you more direct access to what the original language said. Sometimes it's a little cumbersome, but let me read it to you. But as for you, you be constantly in a sober mood, calm, collected, wakeful, alert in all things. Endure hardships. Let your work as a pastor be evangelistic in character. Your work of ministering fully perform in every detail. Once again, that was the Weist translation, W-U-E-S-T. But I enjoy how it says, from the original more, but as for you, be constantly in a sober mind, calm, collected, wakeful, alert, alert in all things. When you're out and you're having a wrestling match and you're the one who is looking things over, you're calm, you're collected, you're wakeful, and you're alert, you're ready. You know what's coming at you, and you've practiced, and you're ready for it. Do you know what's coming at you? God told the disciples that they would suffer. God said, if you follow me, you love me, you walk with me, it's going to be painful at times. And the advice here to Timothy and to us would be endure hardships. When that happens, you need to endure hardships. And then he tells Timothy, let your work, more as a pastor, a shepherd, be evangelistic in character. Make sure that you're letting people know about the good news, that God loves them, that he desires them to be in his family. They can have the same coach that you have. They don't have to give in to the loser, Satan, and try and just survive in life when they can excel at this life and the next. Endure hardships. Let your work as a pastor be evangelistic in character. Your work of ministering fully, performing every detail. If you're going to be caught in a wrestling match, let's make sure you know what the match is about and you know what you're supposed to do to win, not just survive. Remember, your opponent is very good at what he does. He understands every counter move. The only thing he can't fight is your coach's advice, since God is your coach. So when your coach tells you to do something, you need to do it. You need to be in the habit of doing it as soon as you know he said it. Because it's his job to make sure you come out of that wrestling match victorious. It's not your job. And yes, this wrestling thing could get messy. When I started wrestling as a young man, I did it for a very short period of time. I didn't like it. I didn't like the fact that somebody was 
trying to pin me to the floor, that my face and my elbows and things got rubbed into mats until they were raw and bleeding. I didn't like any of that, so I, I didn't last very long. I actually don't like wrestling matches. I don't like the personalness of them. I don't like the strength that's necessary. I don't like the, the tenacity that you must have in order to be a wrestler. And yet I see this is what we're told is happening in this life. So I need to be prepared for it and listen to what my coach is saying, and so do you. In the, the basic Bible um, version of the Bible, it says, the same verse says, but be self-controlled in all things. Do without comfort. Go on preaching the good news, completing the work which has been given you to do. I just find it interesting that they translated that, be self-controlled in all things, and do without comfort. The thing that will give Satan the ultimate victory is when you and I decide that we need to be comfortable in this life more than we need to be victorious. In order to be victorious in life, there's a cost. In order to be victorious in any sport, there's a cost. And the cost really in life is to know God and to walk with him and to listen to him. But in that process, you are in the middle of a wrestling match and it will seem like your entire life, no matter what you do, the enemy is going to do a counter move and you will never get out of the strain of that match until the end. Because if you keep listening to the coach, at the end of that match, your arm will be raised by him in victory. Your enemy will be defeated. Not because they aren't smart, not because they haven't been tenacious at trying to get you down, but because you did listen to the coach. And the enemy cannot beat the coach, no matter what. It really becomes his strength and his moves that guide you all the way through your life. Be self-controlled in all things. Do without comfort. If you're listening to this in the United States of America, I encourage you not to make comfort your God. The minute you make comfort your God, and God is no longer your God, and you've just allowed Satan to get a grip on you that, oh, he's very easy to hold, and you could very easily be destroyed. Cornell goes on to talk about how the Christian life here is a continual wrestling with sin and with Satan. The doctrine, he says, is the Christian's life of continual wrestling. Have you ever been taught that this life is a continual wrestling match? Now, it's not that the wrestling is evil or wrong. It's just, it's the way it is. It's really not about a continual fight for comfort. It's a continual fight. And if you love God, you're in the middle of it. You could say, I don't want that. It doesn't matter. You're put into the fight, whether you want to be there or not. It's because God loves you. God has a plan for you, and Satan wants to destroy you because that's the only choice that he's got. See, if I choose to do dumb things and I choose to not listen to God, because God loves me, he allows me to live that way. And because he loves me, it bothers him. The only way Satan could ever bother God is by destroying the ones that God loves. And the only opportunity he has to do that is now through the choices that we have in our life. The Christian life is really a continual wrestling match. 
Grinnell goes on to say he is, as Jeremiah said of himself, born a man of strife. Born a man of strife. Of what the prophet said to Asa, may be said of every Christian, from hence thou shalt have wars, from thy spiritual birth to thy natural death, from the hour when thou first didst set thy face to heaven, till thou shalt set thy foot in heaven. Is the life that we have really a wrestling match all the way to the end? Yes, it is. But those who stay on the mat, those who don't give in, those who continue to battle through all the, the struggles and the, and the temptations and the moves of the evil one, by listening to God, they will be victorious. Well, I'm not saying we never get a breather, and I'm not saying that God doesn't know when we need to rest and re, regroup and repractice. That's up to God. But the wrestling match will never end. One who has been in ministry all my life, I keep wondering when the wrestling match will end. And a little voice in the back of my head says, Oh, it will. It will end with a great victory. And if you want to be a part of that victory celebration, then you need to hang in there. Continue to listen to God. Continue to enter the mat. Continue to watch the weight class you're in. Continue to wrestle the way that you were taught to wrestle. It's your faith that will destroy the enemy. It's your obedience to God that will destroy him. Again, if you've been to wrestling matches, and not everybody wrestles everybody, you don't have the 350-pound wrestler trying to wrestle the 100-pound wrestler. That doesn't work because there's nothing involved there. The wrestling matches are by weight, sometimes by skill, but always by weight. And in the process, the wrestling matches can go on and on because of the equality of the strength and the muscles. The difference in this one is there's a lot of inequalities in the match. First, I have to recognize that Satan is a better wrestler than I am. That if I want to wrestle Satan on my own without God, without listening to him, without practicing, without being the one who has been totally immersed by my coach, God, then I have no hope because he's better than I am. I don't know if you were ever in sports where you were going to play somebody and one of the things you really needed to do is acknowledge the fact that the person you're playing against is faster than you, bigger than you, stronger than you. Often when I played football, I had to acknowledge that because I wasn't going to have the victory on the football field because I was stronger or faster or bigger. I was going to have the victory because I listened to the coach. The coach knew that I wasn't stronger or bigger or faster. He knew that. So he had to set up a different game plan for me. And when I started to play, I needed to adjust my game according to the skill and talent of the person across from me. It was an individual match that needed to be won for the sake of the team. Often, again, I would sacrifice who I was. I would sacrifice the glory so that the team could win. Likewise, the wrestling match. You win one match, 
you go rest, you go refuel, you go spend time with your coach, you go spend time in the Word of God, get renewed, then come back to the mat and get ready for another match. And once again, it could be very long, it could be very short, but it's going to happen and it's going to keep happening the rest of your life. Because Satan doesn't care how long it takes to destroy you. He'll keep coming after you. And his goal is that sometime in your life, he wants to get you and destroy you. So he keeps counter-moving. You need to keep going back to God's Word and knowing what you need to do and how to set up your life so that you're victorious in the end. Sometimes I wish there was no wrestling match. I didn't really like it as part of my high school experience and I guess I don't really like it as part of my life experience. But just because I don't like it doesn't mean that I shouldn't be equipped to do it and to win. I should be. I just need to listen to the coach. And so do you. There's great hope in that. But don't be weary in well-doing because the well-doing is the part that is the counter move. Once again, I'm Dave Wager here in the studios at Silver Birch Ranch on the campus of the Nicolay Bible Institute. Good night.